Welcome to the Goldum Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sixth Doctor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Goldum Collective Podcast. Yes, it's studio showtime. And where would we be without our ringmaster, Mr. Dave AC? Thank you very much indeed, Ian. Yeah, I'm really excited about today's interview episode. Interview? We have an interview. Somebody likes us. Well, who have we got? Who have we got? Don't keep me in suspenders. Well, it's even more exciting than that. It's somebody who's agreed to come back. Usually, <laughs> they don't. Usually, they don't return. Yes, uh, if those people who listened to the Culture Collective for some time may remember that we did an interview with uh, the pop culture professor. Uh, that was in November 2012, and very kindly, very sportingly, that lady has agreed to talk to us again. So, welcome, Rebecca Housel. Hi, Dave. Hi, Ian. It's good to see you both. I mean, meet you both, I guess, again. Uh, yeah, now I know why she came back, Dave. I wasn't here the first time. <laughs> no, no, no. She came back because when, <laughs> when there are three on Skype, there's no video. Ah, there you go. <laughs> That's the promise that ah. she gave her. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, this uh, is great for us. We've... Uh, very pleased that uh, Rebecca is pleased to have a, another interview on the Collective Podcast. Very busy lady, of course, much in demand. Now, when we had the last interview, I gave a little brief synopsis of uh, some, just some of the things that uh, this very busy lady does. She has a full-time uh, workload, I would think, and very, very... Uh, Excitingly, she has um, a full calendar, it would seem, uh, that's related to uh, conventions, particularly the Wizard World Convention. So, Rebecca, could I impose on you just to give us, or our listeners, just a, a brief idea of uh, so, some of the things that you, you, you are involved in, in in the pop culture world? Sure, Dave. Thank, thanks so much for having me on again. Both you and Ian have been gracious hosts. I'm very excited for the next interview however long we, uh, we are able to be together. Um, ultimately, I, uh, I do teach, um, but that's not my full-time job. Actually, my full-time job is writing. Um, I do a book series called the Pop Culture and Philosophy Book Series with Wiley. And I have another book series coming out in the next year called The Pop Culture Professor, aptly named, um, as well as a novel, which I just mentioned a little bit ago, but I can't talk much about because, uh, you know, we're not quite ready yet. <laughs> Teasers. Last time I talked to you, I thought that you'd had, I think it was it, was it nine books out and in and any number of languages. Uh, but I think you just had one come out on the previous conversation. So we're up to about 10, 10 books in all. I think it's 11 books <gasps> now and it is nine languages so far. We just, we just had China, um, basically translate Twilight and Philosophy, which is really exciting. That's an exciting market to be in. One billion strong. (laughs) But of course you have an online life, a a life of uh, conventions and so on. Um, I mean, obviously you've been busy with the Wizard World. I mean, I don't know how how long these uh, conventions go. I mean, what the season is. Uh, I know that you recently were in St. Louis, 
and you've got one coming up very shortly that we'll be mentioning. But um, do you want to give us an idea of, of, of how you got involved in that um, and, um, you know, how that takes up your time? Oh, sure. Um, the, the, as the pop culture professor, I've been very lucky in that um, people like the L.A. Times and USA Today and recently Esquire magazine use me as a pop culture expert. Um, so that's very fun, and, and that has led to a lot of different things, um, including my work with Wizard World, uh, where I actually just sort of talked to them a little bit in the last few years, and they invited me to come and do my vampire show, which is called Vampire Myth and Supernatural Superhero Legend. And um, very happily, <laughs> they liked it, and um, because of my contacts, in you know in the community with you know say the people from Buffy or the True Blood cast in fact Dennis O'Hare who plays Russell Edgington is going to be at the New York City Comic Con which I will be at at the end of June um, and I'll be with him there and I've been with Sam Trammell before and um, and it just sort of evolved um, and, and ultimately we have this really fun relationship where I get to do these Comic Cons and it's about 10 or 12 a year I think that we're booked through 2015, and it could be, I want to say that there's uh, 13 happening next year. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, I was going to say that you've only just finished the one at St. Louis, but you're already booked for the uh, 2014. Yes, right. Um, right. So we were in Portland in February, and then St. Louis, and then... Um, Right, and now next year we'll be in Portland is the end of January, and then New Orleans is a week later, um, and then of course I think it is St. Louis in March. So it's it's really it's really fun. That was a great audience actually, St. Louis. There were 400 people in my audience, which was amazing. I mean the room only held 400 people, but it was really they were so terrific and uh, very exciting. Uh, great addition to the Wizard World tour. I, I have a I have a suggestion: Wizard World Orlando. <laughs> you know, I don't. I'm not going to make any promises, but I do think that that's on our radar. Mm -hmm. I do think Florida is on the radar. You That'd know, Ian, great. we're going to be in Nashville in October, um, which isn't too close, but it's not too far either. I'm only allowed one trip away from. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to a convention um, this coming weekend, so uh, which Ooh. you're not going to be at. No, get, I'm sorry. I'll have to get the people at TimeGate to to to, to get you in. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Now, if there are any of our listeners not quite sure of uh, the way that Wizard World operates, are indeed the breadth of it. I mean, does it encompass all pop culture all the way from from comics and uh, written word and so on all the way through tv series all the way to movies i mean is there any way of encapsulating what it is in, in a brief sentence or two or not or is it i think you just did actually that's exactly <laughs> what we do we do comics we do television we do movies we do literature graphic novels everything we have celebrities from all walks of life from James Marsters, you know, from the Buffyverse and Joss Whedon's world, uh, you know, to uh, people like uh, Laurel Hamilton, who is a, an author. Um, we have, of course, Stan Lee, Michael Golden, Chris Claremont from the comic world. Uh, it's quite remarkable. We even have people from the wrestling world and 
um, pretty much anybody, you know, movies, uh, James Hong, for example, is one of my celebrity clients who I've worked with in Portland and St. Louis, and he's not going to be in Philly. But, um, of course, you know him from Balls of Fury and the most famous Seinfeld episode ever. <laughs> Seinfeld 4? <laughs> yeah. And I believe that the, 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 the Philadelphia one that's coming up next, the, one of the featured cast, of course, is some of the cast from Firefly. Right, yes, uh, Firefly and Serenity, and I normally work with Morena Baccarin, but she just recently announced that she's expecting her first baby. Uh, Ian, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm so, sorry, just fanning myself at the same time. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll have to take Summer Glau then, I'm sorry. She's extremely yes. beautiful, and uh, I, I actually couldn't, when I when I watched Firefly the second time around and I looked, looked at uh, her profile on Internet Movie Database, I couldn't believe how young she was when they when they made that series because she has this kind of uh, very mature air about her even though she's got quite a youthful appearance so i was quite uh, stunned by how young she was when she did their role she's gorgeous in person and summer glow will be there and adam baldwin and nathan fillion actually will not be he was supposed to be but he had to cancel so sadly we won't be seeing him but um yeah i'm not actually working with them instead i get to work with Dun, da, da, John Barrowman, which I'm very excited about. Uh, get up off the floor again. I'm myself again. <laughs> I'm just imagining that sandwich, sorry. Oh my gosh. Stop that right now. Because <laughs> I was imagining it earlier. <laughs> I like her. She can stay. <laughs> I get to work with James again, and we're going to do Buffy Fest too with Charisma Carpenter and Juliet. Uh, uh, oh, there nice, we go. Dave's nice off now. Dave's nice off. He's on the boil. <laughs> I, I got a question relating to to, to that. Uh, your whole um, compare uh, duties. Now, how does that how does that work? Because I mean, we've all been to the panels where you know there's there's uh, one person who's kind of uh, you know fielding all the questions and, and making sure that the, the um, everybody gets a go and and that the, the, the artists get to, you know, say there. But how does that work? I mean, um, do you meet with the, the, the artist beforehand? Um, are there, you given a certain brief on um, how they want the event to go? How does, well, that, all, how does that whole compare thing work? <laughs> I guess well, that's what I'm asking. It's a tough one, actually. It is hard to balance. And, and uh, when I do comic book panels uh, with, with like comic book artists and writers, it's a little bit different than when I do it with, say, Charisma and Juliet and James. Um, because I do get to talk to Charisma and Juliet and James beforehand. And James and I have worked together for about a year. In fact, we worked together the day before for his own Q&A on, on Friday afternoon, which is the 31st at Philly. Um, and then the next day we'll be together for his for Buffy Fest. And um, I do get to talk to them a little bit and, and see what they would like to talk about in particular. Um, I also really just try to get as many um, audience questions in as you can. And so when that happens, because it's really for the audience, they're the ones paying to be there to see these people. So I try to get their questions in. And ultimately, you never know what someone's going to ask. Right. So, so the last time I was with James, for example, someone asked him if the carpet matched the drapes when he was filming uh, for Buffy. <laughs> uh, D- D- then... Dave, Dave, do we need to pause for a minute so I can tell you what that means? 
hell no. And I, I, I heard the story where he was saying that be careful when he comes to England because uh, a grabber granny, granny tried to uh, grab him while he was in the UK. Yes. That's exactly right. He said that the people there are absolutely great fans, but that they are insane that they will do crazy things like grab your butt. <laughs> it wasn't um, um, June Whitfield from Terry and June. Yeah, she uh, famously, uh, David Tennant's uh, last two episodes, uh, she uh, grabbed him by the rear end. Uh, just just getting ready for this little interview was uh, uh, reading a few things online and uh, up popped a news item. That apparently, because obviously you said John Barrowman is one of the people, uh, is going to be hosting a new show on ABC, Sing Your Face Off. Uh, of course, one of the things <laughs> about um, uh, people like uh, John is it, he's got so many... Uh, you know, spoke to his wheel. He's, he does so many things, and of course, James Miles, as you say, I mean, he he's got his own group as well. Uh, many of these people. What amazes me is when you know you as a fan perhaps know them from one TV series, and then one of the great things about the fact that you you moderate these panels and and hopefully draw these things out, you find that these people have got. You know, they're multifaceted. They've got other talents. They may be writing. Uh, uh, for instance, uh, uh, Henry Winkler. I mean, I, I it's only recently I realised he writes children's books. And I, I think it was on one of your panels uh, that um, he was talking about things like that. It was either one of your panels or a Q&A following it. Right. Yeah, no, he, um, he does. He is an author. And um, with the way that Henry uh, works his Q&As is he likes to actually um, do a speech, basically. He has a prepared speech that he likes to do. It's very funny and uh, kind of moving and inspirational. And then after that, he will take audience questions. Um, so for about 20 minutes, he does his speech, and it's really interesting and talks basically lets the audience know where he came from and how, if you are that kid like he was, whose parents maybe don't think you can do whatever you say you can do, how you can get there, uh, which is really quite cool. And and actually, in Henry's Q&A, uh, there were more children that came up and asked questions than anybody else that I've ever worked with. It really was, because, you know, he's, yeah, I mean, he's now on Royal Pains and Arrested Development, and as you said, Dave, he's an author, but... Uh, you know, I think most people know him from Happy Days. <laughs> yeah, I think one little girl of six wanted him to come home with her or something. <laughs> yes, actually, it was right before the Passover Seder. It was right before Passover, actually. Like, Passover was the next night. Um, and it was a snowstorm in St. Louis. And so one little boy, uh, I think it was a little boy. boy. It might have been right. a girl. Um, it could have been a girl. You might be right. It basically invited Henry to stay in case he couldn't get out <laughs> for oh, the Seder. It was very sweet because, of course, Henry is Jewish, so right. it was fantastic. I loved it. And I, I was always thankful for, for uh, Henry Winkler because uh, he was one of the, uh, I think one of the producers of uh, MacGyver. I'm like, that's yes. cool. <laughs> like he it went from very cool. the cool guy on TV to the to the man behind the cool guy on TV. <laughs> but going into the actual thing of this, I mean, some of the panels you do, I take it you've just got uh, the one person talking. Um, uh, I mean, that must vary differently from when you have, say, the cast of Firefly or or whatever happens to a group. I mean, heavens right. defend how you get on with the. Uh, James Marston and John Barrowman together. Oh. Uh, I mean, basically, uh, but I mean. Bucket of cold water. 
yeah. I mean, obviously, there must be different skills that you bring to the to the the process when you've got a um, you know three, four, five people on stage. Yeah, you try to. You really have to try to make sure everybody gets their time, and and a lot of it depends on audience questions. Um, so when I did something similar with Paul Wesley and Tori DeVito, who are actually married from the Vampire Diaries. Paul Wesley plays Stefan Salvatore, and Tori plays the doctor on that show. Um, and I thought for sure most of the questions were going to come just to him, but the audience was really excited to have them both there, and all of their questions were always, this is for you both. Um, and I really appreciate that because, of course, it does get a little lopsided sometimes. Um, and I, I think with a with a panel like the Buffy Fest, which is going to be on Saturday, and I'm looking right now at my schedule, that's going to be, oh, it's going to be in the Terrace Ballroom. Oh, how fancy. From 2.30 to 3.15 mm-hmm. on Saturday the 1st. And, and that's going to be three people. And I think that for Juliet in particular, she likes to have other people talk <laughs> instead of her. You know, she's happy to talk. She loves her fans. But... Um, I think it's easier for her when other people are fielding questions first. Um, so it's it's going to be good, I think, to have three people. And I've never worked with Charisma before, but I'm very excited to meet her. I love her work and, of course, all the things that she does. But uh, most recently, she was in The Lion Game, which is a, a show on um, ABC Family. And it is just so fantastic. Such a good soap opera. I love it. Oh, I mean, I, I think she's brilliant. I mean, one of the things I thought that uh, when she transferred across, uh, you know, to from Buffy to Angel, um, she was a, a real stalwart in that episode. I mean, and, and the actual character that she portrayed grew an awful lot in it. And um, I mean, apart from being riveting to watch anyway, I <laughs> think she's a very accomplished actress. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Oh, she's remarkable. Yeah, very wonderful. I love strong female characters, and she's always been a terrific strong female character. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, what I was going to ask you is that, uh, do you get any time off in these conventions? I mean, I, I mean, are you working all the time? Do you get to, to actually be there as a fan as well as working there? Um, I, I really don't. Uh, I My schedule on, say, Friday the 31st, it goes from two o'clock in the afternoon all the way until six, uh, back-to-back shows. So wow. I, I really have to prepare prior to that. And, and once I'm there, I'm literally going from one show to another to another. And by the time I'm done, I'm ready to, you know, fall, <laughs> fall on my face. I'm just exhausted. But I really love it. It's, it's, it's really my thing. Um, I'm very excited to be there. And I love, I love the fans. They're just so incredible. Um, there's not, there's no fans quite like them. No, so I a, really love it. On a personal note, um, does your husband, uh, share your interests or does he just stay at home and wait for you to show, show back up? Uh, my, my husband is actually my manager as well. Ah, so he awesome. is there. Um, he is making sure everything goes well, uh, off stage, <laughs> I guess you could say. Um, you know, he's also the, he takes pictures and Philly, we have a photographer who's coming. Um, she's one of my previous students actually. Um, and she's lovely and she did great pictures last year with Sam Whitwer and Sam Trammell and James Marsters. Uh, so she's coming again to take pictures for us. And, um, you know, usually he's just sort of doing the background stuff. Right. But, 
but yeah. uh, as as far as his interests go, I mean, is is there does he have a or is it just he likes that to be there for you? Um, it's he's not even really there for me. <laughs> he's there for the money. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he goes for the he goes for the cosplay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, you know, he is not even in any pictures, actually. He's not a fan, really, of these shows. Uh, I am the fan. You know, this is something that I've been sort of doing since I was a little girl, reading comic books and watching Dracula, Belle Lugosi's Dracula. So I've been into pop culture long before it was even called pop culture. And uh, it's, you know, for him, it's really just, you know, a job, essentially. For me, it's 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 a, it's a job, but... I love it at the same time. So I'm quite excited to be there. <laughs> right. Now, there's a couple of names that we haven't yet mentioned of the people you're hoping to to, to have on the panel uh, at the coming uh, convention. But uh, can you just cast your mind back to St. Uh, Louis one? The, this was the 22nd to the 24th of March, I think. Um, haven't you got any standout memories from that of how um, things went? You know, it was such a fantastic show. I have to say, those fans in St. Louis, they made it so worthwhile. It was our first year there, and I know that, you know, we're, we're coming back next year, but we're very, we were very excited. I think there was something like 15,000 people total, and a moment that stood out for me for sure was when I came um, to do, I think it was Morena Baccarin. I was going to be doing Morena Baccarin's show, and it was on a Sunday, and when I walked in, the line of people to, to get in was literally the length of the convention center. I mean, I can't even tell you. It was wrapped around the stairs. It went all this line was incredible. And I was trying to like videotape it because I just couldn't believe it. Um, the line was so long and it was so crazy and terrific. I, I mean, these fans were really wonderful. Um, so and, and Marina Baccarin. She is she is quite wonderful too. So poised and beautiful and graceful. And I remember one fan telling me before we went in, I was talking to the fans, you know, before they let you in the room. There's kind of the VIP line, and then there's the non-VIP line. And so I'm walking between the two lines, trying to talk to fans and basically see what they know, <laughs> see what they like, see what they'd like to hear about, you know, so I can kind of incorporate that in some way. And one fan said that he had just talked to Morena. He had gotten her autograph uh, earlier in Artist Alley. They have not just the comic book artists and writers who are featured there, but they also have booths uh, where you can take photographs and get autographs with these different stars, these different celebrities. And he said that uh, Morena was so beautiful, she stood up to her you know, image on TV in person. That's how beautiful she was. And I was like, wow, exactly. Yeah, pretty pretty amazing. And some fans like she usually brings her dog with her, Rudy, her little Lo Chen. Oh, I love this dog. This dog is amazing. It doesn't bark at all, by the way. It's a non-barking dog. Um, I just love it. And um, and so she usually brings her little dog. Of course, Dave knows I have a little dog too, who's not with me tonight, but uh, she normally is. Um, and so I'm very excited when Rudy comes along. Um, but this time she didn't have Rudy, probably because Austin wasn't with her. Austin Chick, her husband, who they just got married about a year and a half ago. Right. Do I assume that when you get the uh, any of the Firefly cast on these calls, people are saying, is Firefly coming back? You must get, oh, they must get that question thrown at them all the time I mean I know um, uh, is it Nathan Fillion was in Castle afterwards I think that was the show yes. that he went on to exactly but, yep. 
No, go ahead. I'm uh, sorry. Well, well, I was just wondering whether there's. Uh, we're trying to get an inside scoop here, of course, for the for the show. But I mean, uh, there must be. I mean, fans are really great, but they do they do voice their opinion, and they're not shy in in letting uh, <laughs> TV executives or whatever know. And the, mm. there are some channels on TV that are fairly famous for for canning series. Ian, if we're allowed we're to, on around, <clears throat> yeah. See, you got it out before I even mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard that uh, the Sci-Fi Journal have cancelled Warehouse 13. Yes, um, I think that this was supposed to be its last season anyway, actually. Mm -hmm. James Marsus was in the first episode, um, so that was pretty sweet. Yeah. He he was wonderful, too. He played like a really old character, you know, like who'd been around for several hundred years. Um, Uh, He was uh, part of, uh, I think, Marie Antoinette's... Uh, house or something like that. Yeah, and he, he was. Uh, they were after the this guy, the legend of this guy, and it ends up that was him, you know, because uh, <laughs> they were they needed an artifact, and and so they were looking for information about this historical character. And, and yeah, very that. sad that that show is going off the air, mm. but that happens a lot. I mean, actually, Supernatural is kind of an exception. That the show Supernatural, I'm sure you're familiar with. Mm. Um, it, it's on the CW in the states. It's uh. It's this terrific show, and this was supposed to be its last season, but in fact, there's going to be another season because of uh, fans, essentially, like you were saying, Dave. In fact, we talked about this with Mockingbird Lane in the oh, fall. Of course, right, yeah. Yes. So those, you know, it really is a matter of money. It's simply about money, and that's just the bottom line. And something like Lost Girl, for example, which I'll be with Chris Holden Reed on, um, on Saturday the 1st, actually at 12 o'clock. Um, in room 113 at, at the at the Pennsylvania Convention Center, he he plays Dyson, and um, what's really wonderful about about that show is it's now in its it'll be in its fourth season actually in the fall, um, so it's really kind of it just started about a year ago and it, and it had two seasons already, and it just it just went crazy and I think it's sort of I think it's doing well because it's sort of like a True Blood like a more laid back True Blood maybe. Right. Uh, well, let, 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 since you mentioned that, let me just mention. I think the the other person that you you're going to have on your panel uh, interview is uh, is it Laurel, Lauren Holly? Um, I think that was one of the ones you mentioned that you you might be speaking with. Is that correct? Well, the schedule changed. Of course, ah. I was with Lauren Holly, and then Chris Holden Reed's plane um, schedule changed, and so she was switched from twelve o'clock to um, actually. 2.30 or 2 o'clock rather and that's the that intersects with Buffy Fest so unfortunately I will not be doing Lauren now but uh, I do know her and uh, she's lovely and she's going to be in Motive which is a new a new series this summer um, fantastic show she was a star in NCIS and Chicago Hope and she's been right. in terrific movies like Any Given Sunday and uh, you know, of course, Dumb and Dumber, but even even things like Sabrina, she, she's just a remarkable talent and ageless, totally ageless. So well, well, I yeah. love her. Uh, I, I remember from uh, she was in um, the movie, the Bruce Lee story, um, Dragon, the Bruce right. Lee. she played yes. his wife. Um, and also, I think her first uh, appearance was in Hill Street Blues when she was only 20. <laughs> but um, uh, for our, uh, the people in the Colton Collective, they may know her because there's quite a few fans of animated uh, films in our group, and um, she she did the voice in Spirited Away of um, one of the mothers. I'm not. Yes, I'm not she too, did. 
Good yeah. call, Dave. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. See, Ian, Ian doesn't so, write so, me. But so, sometimes he gets stuff. things right. Sometimes he gets things right. <laughs> That's impressive, I have to say. Uh, so, um, uh, I mean, there's lots of things we can ask you, but um, just moving away from the actual conventions a moment, um, what about in your own free time? I mean, what what movies do you... I mean, we're hoping to end this uh, actual chat later with talking about Dot 2, but I mean, what are the... I mean, have you been to see the new Star Trek film? Have you been to see Iron Man 3? In your own personal viewing choices, you know, when you're away from... Well, you don't have to review it, you just want to go and enjoy it. <laughs> Well, it's all I'm always working that in that way. Um, but I did, of course, see the recent Star Trek into into darkness, and I did see Iron Man three. Um, so I mean, I, I I like those things anyway. I really have been a fan my entire life, and and I think what what sets me apart a little bit is that most of the time women are not really fans of things like comic books, etc. Now many women are because of the films. But I was actually reading the comics in the 70s, you know, so I was really, I'm like a true started, fan. Yeah, she started to learn when she was only three people. <laughs> well, you know, I really wasn't much older than three. I think I was four when I read my first comic. So right about then, yeah, that's about right. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's just uh, just the, the factor that I'm, I'm sort of a female scholar and somebody that writes about this, it, it's, so, it's sort of unusual um, and, and I guess it was Tom Wagner. He's the Emmy winning writer and director who did that wonderful documentary on Lucille Ball for the PBS American Masters series. He had interviewed me for a documentary on superheroes. And I didn't know this until he interviewed me, but apparently I am the first female scholar in the United States to have focused on comic books. Well, hey. Oh. I go. know. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, I mean, you, you are quoted a lot. You in some piece on the Independent uh, newspaper just recently. Um, I was actually in LA, the L.A. Times. Uh, LA Times. Me. Yes, um, that was on the new Tom Cruise movie that came out. Um, and then um, Esquire magazine just interviewed me about two weeks ago. And that was uh, about vampires. <laughs> True Blood is coming out. Uh, their, their new season, season six, begins um, in in June, actually, so uh, that was that was really connected to that, I believe. And you know, people like USA Today have contacted me about things like Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> you know, anything that has to do with popular culture in general. I'm I'm pretty much the the, the go to person, which is great. I mean, I'm so happy to be that. I'm so grateful, really. Absolutely. I got I got a kind of follow up question to Dave's because if I ever take take sickly and uh, have to stay at home, I generally will put Star Wars on. I'll just stick <laughs> it on, and it doesn't matter if you fall asleep because you know the story so well. What's your um, comfort viewing if if you're in such a predicament? Okay, well this is a good question. Um, this is a really good question. So um, there's a channel here called Chiller Channel, and mm. they have chiller marathons every day. And so sometimes, like, you know, it's happened in the last four or five years where I've been, like, home all day, like you said, sick pretty mm -hmm. much, still working, because when you're a writer, you can always work no matter what. You can be in the hospital, but you can still work. Mm -hmm. um, so I would, I love Dark Shadows. It's one of my favorite kind of things to sort of, you know, play over and over again. The one from the 1990s, um, and also the early one that I love, too. But that's just 
such a great soap opera. I just really love it, but with fangs, so it's even better. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I also I also love Wolf Lake, which was an early Paul Wesley show where he plays a werewolf. Um, and that is just like a guilty pleasure, and I don't care who knows it. I just love that show. Um, and of course, of course, of course, um, any Star Trek series, TNG, Voyager, Enterprise, you name it, I love it. I grew up watching, you know, the original Star Trek. Right. I'm sorry to say it's probably ages <laughs> me, but I, I really, really just love Star Trek. And anytime I even hear the music, I feel like at peace. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, Ian, just recently, in fact, um, we just did um, one of our episodes just, just going up. About three of the collective went to see um, Star Trek Next Generation. Is it Best of Both Worlds, yeah. Ian, on the big they screen? Yeah, they did it on the big screen to uh, coincide yeah. with uh, releasing uh, that uh, just Best of Both exactly. Worlds on, on Blu-ray. And then I think later on they're coming out with the, with the, the uh, uh, series. Was it Series 3? Yeah, Series 3. Uh, every 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 time they bring out one of the uh, remasters on on Blu-ray, they uh, they tend to show a couple of episodes at the local theater, which is great. It's just great to see it up on the big screen, and and it's just great to to get together with a whole bunch of people in in a cinema that that you know who are just gonna you know holler and scream and cheer at you know it's something that you, you love, you know. I agree, 100%. And when you go to see, I don't know if you've seen the new Star Trek film, Into, no, Into Darkness. I, I have, I have, yeah. Did, did you like it? I mean, when you see I it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I mean, the st- the script, I mean, you could have put the script on about four sheets of paper and uh, you, could, <laughs> you, you could argue it wasn't, it, it wasn't Shakespeare by any means. But I, I loved it. Now, some people, and again, we won't be spoilish about this, but some people were, were wondering why they basically mirrored uh, the second story in the the, the earlier movie, um, uh, you know, with a few role reversals in it, sh- shall we say. But I got, got the feeling that this this second one is where the two stories will diverge because, again, without giving away the ending, uh, we seem to have now moved beyond establishing it and it looks as though any third film, because, of course, uh, again... Very difficult to say things without being spoilish, but the third film in the the original movies was the search for Spock. So I don't think that's going to be the direction that um, this could go because we've got Zachary Quinto as Spock still on board. So I'm assuming we're at the point it now. For me. No I'm kidding. <laughs> well, it's one of the truth, you know what I mean. But the point is, it, it, I'm assuming as they go forward now, they can diverge more. They, they've established this cast. Uh, my favourite character, by the way, and I haven't got the actor's name to hand at the moment, but who plays Bones? I think he is the most uh, evocative, oh, yeah. the most evocative of um, of the cast for me. But, oh, he's fantastic, and Zoe Saldana, of course, she's also amazing. I just love that uh, connection between her and and Spock, which was only really sort of implied in the original series. And so, if you're a real fan of Star Trek of the original series, when you go to see this movie, like Ian was saying before, it's just wonderful to be in a theater with people of like minds. Mm-hmm. And when you're in this movie, we all sort of laughed at the same things, all the, you know, the little um, sort of allusions to the original series that they had in the script, <laughs> as short as it, as it was. 
um, it was quite wonderful. And, and I, I just think, you know, the Dr. Bones, with the, the, the interactions between he and Chris Pine, um, you know, of course, James Kirk, who plays James Kirk, was wonderful. I loved that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Carl Levain, it was, by the way, that played um, um, New Zealander, Carl Levain. Thank you very much. I used to watch him on Shorten Street. And can I, can I ask one more question related to this? Because Ian and I diverge on this because um, Ian's not a fan of 3D. Did you go and see it in 3D? And what do you think? Does it bring anything to the experience to yourself or not? You know, I actually don't like 3D either. So <laughs> I, I, it's just strange to me. I just can't. The way that 3D actually works is it's asking your brain and your eyes to do two different things. And most people, I think, doesn't they don't seem to it doesn't bother them. But for me, it really almost makes me feel sick. Um, so I just can't do 3D. I've seen 3D movies, of course, but it hasn't been a pleasant experience. Yeah. Obviously. Well, my, my, my main problem is that um, um, I'm only partially sighted in one eye. So it, it has absolutely no effect on me. And so by by that, it's like I'm I'm extremely jealous of people who can see it. So I hate 3D. <laughs> yeah, I, I must admit with the with the Star Trek Into Darkness, apart from the fact that it was dearer to to see it in 3D, um, the, the the actually I felt as though you lost a little bit of resolution, and obviously the screen is quite a dark film anyway, uh, so it does look darker. So although uh, I enjoyed it in 3D, I think actually certainly when I when I go to Blu-ray, I will go to the 2D version. Now, uh, before we draw a line under this main segment of the show, and before we ask if we may, you know, talk a little bit about Doctor Who, um, any, anything you'd like to add about, you know, the upcoming um, appearance at Wizard World and, and conventions in general, any information you want to get out there to the listeners about that? And then if, if we can indulge with you on that, we'll move on to Doctor Who a little bit. That sounds good. I do appreciate that because, yes, I do. I do want to let um, the fans know if they're interested. Kevin Sorbo is going to be with me. Kevin Sorbo, of course, was in Andromeda okay. and Hercules. And um, he'll be with me on Friday the 31st at 3 o'clock in room 108, which I'm sure fans don't know or won't remember. And James is with me at 5 o'clock um, uh, on that same day. And then, of course, the next day, my show is at 11, Vampire myth and supernatural superhero legend um i i love that show and it's about ten thousand years worth of history packed into 45 minutes so it's it's fantastic um and we talk about zombies and superheroes and how they all really stem from the vampire which is awesome and then chris holden reed and of course henry winkler and you know buffy fest is is later that same day on saturday and then sunday dun -da -da -da, here is your doctor who leaded John Barrowman and I are together, and his work on Doctor Who and Torchwood, and of course, his more recent stuff on Arrow, he's just mm -hmm. remarkable. So I just love him as Captain John Harkness, man. My God, he's gorgeous. Oh, should I have said that? <laughs> it sounds a fantastic. I mean, not for, for you as, as well as the fans. Uh, just to, as a bit of background, I've just been watching a little bit of research. I've watched the uh, here in the UK, they've just finished series four of the Vampire Diaries which oh. I, I was watching earlier. Um, I must admit, um, it's it, it, well, it's not for me as an audience, is it? Because, I mean, there was there, everybody was between the ages of 22 and 30. Everyone was beautiful. <laughs> uh, and um, I was watching it. I was thinking, you know, if you swap blood for oil, you've got Dallas here. But there you go. 
You know, Dave, you just touched on one of my other favorite shows. Dallas is one of my very favorite shows. I, I was so sad when Larry Hagman passed away last year, but uh, my God, that show, I love it. I'm addicted to Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the basically the intrigue, the backstabbing, that you know, you, you think a bad guy comes along and then somebody bad just kills him from behind, you know, uh, without giving any spoilers away to Vampire Diaries. Uh, I must admit, uh, this, this last episode was called... Um, uh, graduation. I much preferred the graduation episode in Buffy. You know where the, where the mayor, <laughs> where the mayor, and uh, that. Anyway. Um, oh yeah. Well, and there's going to be an original series called The Originals, a spinoff from the Vampire Diaries and from the original L. Jane Smith novels, of course. Um, that's starting in the fall on the CW, focusing on Klaus in New Orleans, which you know New Orleans is infamous for its vampires, real real and fiction. Uh, so. And I just, I love that area too. So I'm so excited for that to start in the fall. Right. Well, let me just ask you one. I'm sorry. To, if we, tell me if, if your time's getting limited. But I mean, before we I'm do. I'm all yours. <laughs> really, really go. Is, is, the, is the interest with the fans in Vampires still there? I mean, there must come a time. I mean, one of the great things, and again, it was listening to a panel uh, where you, with James Marsden, and he was saying that, um, vampires are unique because if you have other um things i mean for instance if you have werewolves and there's this standard trope that the werewolf must have been a good person that by accident gets bitten you know the the for 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 whatever reason they they get bitten in think of uh you know werewolves in london or whatever it is um <laughs> the, but the point is but it's a good person uh, and then he said um you know with with other different villains that there always has to be uh some concept but he said with with vampires one of the great things about it is you can go in any direction you know the the backstory of the person prior to becoming a vampire can be from historical it can be a person who you know is almost inviting death or whatever and so on um but do you think there's still do you think there've been more and more series still made with vampires at the center of it uh, or, or do you feel as though that is waning somewhat with the viewers interest well it's a, it's an interesting question because you know my part of what my show talks about is how vampires really are at the start of all supernatural, everything supernatural and everything superheroic begins with basically, um, you know, a, vamp a vampire. Without giving away my no, show, um, essentially, that that's where it begins, 10,000 years ago. And that's the first recorded um, incident. But I'm sure that there's more beyond that that just weren't recorded because language simply hadn't developed yet. <laughs> I mean, it was just in a different way. Um, so vampires have always been popular in one way or another, and they're typically associated with the other, um, you know, so, so say during the Cold War, uh, you know, with, with Russia here in the States, you know, we see vampires that sort of mimic that, um, you know, in, in the 80s, which post, as postmodernism sort of really developed and parody became a result of that postmodern social attitude, we, we had, we had these dead and loving it and, once bitten, you know, Jim Carrey, yeah. Leslie Nielsen, we have like funny vampires. And so it really represents sort of the culture and, and the things that are happening at that time. Um, so I think vampires will always be very, very popular. They're just going to change with the times. So 
you know, the first decade of the 21st century, we see the sparkly vegetarian vampires, thanks to Stephanie Meyer. Mm-hmm. And um, and as we move into the second decade, we're beginning to see more visceral vampires. You even see it with True Blood as a great example because you see um, sort of the boy next door, Bill Compton, the typical Southern gentleman, become literally Billeth, a killing machine um, who kills humans, women, children en masse and, and is about to kill everybody. <laughs> That's what season six is going to be so crazy because we don't know what he's going to do. Um, so we, we see that sort of the visceral vampire, Colin Farrell's Fright Night and things like 30 Days of Night and and so we're beginning to see that switch, particularly in this 21st century, because after 9-11, we have humans becoming the monsters. Literally, humans are hurting other humans. We, we have become the monsters. And everybody else, all the rest of us are like, well, how are we going to stop these you know, horrible monsters? We're not strong enough. We're not fast enough. Well, we need something more supernatural, um, but something that looks like us and something that you know will love us and protect us and want to have babies with us. So... Stephanie Meyer, sparkly vampires. Really? Enter the scene. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so. Well, it, it sounds to me as though anybody who comes into that uh, session with you is 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 going to see hear lots of insights. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, I can I, just listening to your voice saying those things. Uh, you know, it's it's dear to your heart, and you've got obviously you've done the research. So uh, those people that are, I mean. Again, I always say they keep fasting fine. And and there's how how do we you go with these because presumably while you're doing your panels and whatever, the, there are things going on concurrently in different rooms. So I mean, have you got any advice to the people coming to to these events? You know, to to plan or whatever. And then we really do need to move on to Doctor Who. But <laughs> I have. I have really good advice. If you are going to a Comic-Con and I am going to be there, just go wherever I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm seconding. We agree with that, don't we, Ian? Uh-oh. <laughs> Ian is I, I, I'm, just, I'm just waiting for the restraining order against Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, when we said follow her around, we didn't mean it that way, Dave. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Sorry. I mean... Actually, you can follow me around if you want to. It is fine. <laughs> oh, there you go, Dave. He's gone quiet now. <laughs> right, Ian. Move us on to Doc Two, will you? Remembering that Rebecca has not seen all of the episodes. Right. But I, I, I know all of them though, so I've seen the there. script. So you are good. Ah, there you go. Well, um, spoiler oh, warnings in place for this. Otherwise, if you, if no, if, if those of you out there who haven't. Um, First of all, I want to just backtrack to the fact that it's, it's, it's John Barrowman you're going to be speaking to. Um, well, it's, it's a Sarah Segway into Doctor yeah, Who. Of course it is. Of course it is. Um, and and I'm sure you're you're going to get the question. So, are you coming back to Doctor Who anytime soon? Um, <laughs> <laughs> especially without a shirt on, like you did that one time. Oh, stop it now! Come on. <laughs> well, you, you're going to have to go back and look, watch that episode now, aren't you? He, he, he wants the ratings to go up. I have to calm down now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was actually, originally there were plans that um, you would see his rear end as well, but um, oh, at the end, at, at, at the at the <laughs> end, they decided to cut that. <laughs> so yeah, oh, you never did see John Berman's uh, hindquarters. Oh dear. <clears throat> well, maybe next time. I think Ian did in Torchwood. <laughs> yeah, they, they did in Torchwood. Uh, the Miracle Day, I think it was. Yeah, they definitely showed up on Miracle Day. 
is he is really an amazing amazingly beautiful man and i oh, don't know how to and, 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 and i mean yeah it sounds bad because it's like everybody knows i, I drew all over john barrowman um but he's an extremely <laughs> talented guy too i mean some people poke right. fun at the fact that he he appears especially within the last couple of years to have been everywhere but you know um it's one of those things a, a basketball player a football player um they try and make them the most of, of you know, while they have all their faculties and, and all their talent. And it's the same with an actor or singer, dancer, which is, you know, which is John, you know, and he's, he's making the most of the, you know, the, the spotlight that he has. Um, but, but, but it happens with also, I mean, like Carrie Mulligan, um, uh, who, who was in Doctor Who and then it went on to the big screen and she was suddenly in the, the Wall Street film and now she's in the, um, uh, the big film, um, the Great Gatsby and so on. Oh, uh, yeah. you, 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 do, you don't see them, but then suddenly they got four films coming. Yeah, I'll just drop Jessica Alba's name in because Ian likes me to do that. Uh, <laughs> Jessica Alba, you know, you don't see it, and then suddenly she's in about five films that come out. You know, she's in The Eye, she's in uh, uh, Chuck, uh, she's in uh, you know um, the the famous uh, the Silver Surfer and things like that, and suddenly she's in. A number of films because they seem to they seem to go into some retreat somewhere, and then before you know it, because of, because some of the films that they're in require a lot of post production and others don't, they seem to concertina so they suddenly have three or four films coming out. I mean here in in the UK when you have these um, chat shows, uh, the person will come on, they're talking about the film, and then as soon as the the interviewer asks them a question, they say, "Well, actually, I'm filming another film now, and I've got." I'm reading the script on another one right. and I'm in development stages and they've got four films on the go. Well, I mean, when you're yeah. in demand, you're in demand. Yep. Well, that's usually how it works. Um, and, and they do definitely have hot periods where for several years they're working on multiple projects. And, and I just think that that's part of when they actually are there at, at Comic-Con. Absolutely. John Barrowman will be asked about everything and and under the sun and one of those things that will be and one of the things i'll give him an opportunity to talk about is what is next for you you know what would you like to tell the audience about your next project and it's interesting to me because a lot of times you just don't know about funding um if things are going to happen or not you can be you can be in a tv show and then get cut out of it <laughs> you know so a lot of times they're very they're very tight-lipped about anything too far in the future um, and in fact, have asked me not to say certain things about things that I know are coming up. And I'll say, is it OK if I mention this or this? And, and sometimes it's a no, because it, there's just too many question marks surrounding it. Um, you just don't know when it's coming out or what the problems might be with it. I know, for instance, Star Trek, which we were talking about earlier, not to not to move away from Doctor Who at all. <laughs> but uh, that was like in production for four years and, and it, it was extended, extended, extended. And it didn't make its hundred dollar million mark. Um, because of that, I, I think that that the audience kind of got lost in the middle. Mm. Right. Only made eighty four million. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the hottest actor, I suppose, in the UK at the moment is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, who who oh was, yes uh, Sherlock, and of course in the Star Trek movie we just mentioned. And the yes, Hobbit. yes. Oh, I love him. He was fantastic. What an intense guy. And on stage he was doing, was it Frankenstein? But um, him and the the other actor, uh, apologies, I can't remember his name, they would take turns being the monster and the, <laughs> and the Frankenstein, the doctor, on alternate nights. 
you know, it is amazing. So anyway, let, let, let's be strict with ourselves. And, and uh, so, <laughs> so, 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 so would you say you are a regular Doctor Who fan? Or, uh, do you just basically, when it's on TV, you follow it and enjoy it? You know, I've been watching Doctor Who since, you know, since the first Doctor Who. Uh, you know, black and white episodes and just absolutely love Doctor Who. I watched it my entire life. Unfortunately, I can't always watch it when it's airing on an air date um, for a lot of reasons, if I'm traveling or um, working. <laughs> uh, but uh, in general, but but I do, I am a fan of Doctor Who, huge fan of Doctor Who, and I just absolutely love this most recent season. It is amazing. And I love the sentient Twitter uh, I think that that sort of kicks it off, which I just loved how because, of course, of the, the Wi-Fi. Oh, am I? Oh, I'm not. I'm this isn't a spoiler alert, is no, it? No, oh, no. Okay, good. We, and we told them yes. earlier that we'd be we'd be talking about it. So. Yeah. OK, good, good, good. Because that that I love that idea that there's something living in the Wi-Fi, you know, because that is really I mean, what we're doing right now, actually, without Wi-Fi <laughs> would be mm. very difficult um, so, you know, that thought of technology, sort of the ghost in the machine, as it were, uh, Doctor Who has sort of always been uh, that kind of leading um, sci-fi genre in, in television that's helped audiences imagine the future in ways that have now become real. Um, and so I, I'm not I'm, I'm not saying anything, really, but I'm just saying it's possible <laughs> that I, I, in the future we might have a problem with Wi-Fi. <laughs> I've got an interesting question for you. Uh, okay, Doctor Who's in its fiftieth year, and yeah. uh, it's been screened in in in, in America for um, many years. Uh, what do you think was the turning point with the new series that really kind of pushed it more into the mainstream? I mean, now we've got um, advertising for it. We've got the we've got you know. Uh, uh, magazine covers with the doctor on them. It never happened in America until recently. What do you think that breakthrough moment was for it? I, I, I kind of think it has to do with Matt Smith. Um, yes. I, I kind of think it does. Um, but also just that sense of, uh, frankly, geek culture has become very hot and, and very now, and everybody is a geek. Whereas before, you know, when I was growing up, actually, again, dating myself, but being a geek was a bad thing. Um, and so being the girl who read comic books was not pleasant. <laughs> but ultimately, now, today, everybody has a little TARDIS on their dashboard, you know? I mean, it's like a cool thing. Uh, when you say Doctor Who, everybody knows, just like you said, and I think it's really has to do a lot with um, geek culture being so very hot. And part of the reason that's happening is because of companies like Wizard World promoting promoting these things. Um and and that's part of it. I mean, I, 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 mean, I was. A, hey, it's my turn. You sit down. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, for example, today I was walking through uh, the mall in Port Charlotte, which you know, um, where 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 old folk come to die. Well, people. <laughs> some people are younger than Dave. Um, but uh, I was. I was just walking through the uh, Port Charlotte Mall, which you know, it's got you know the usual kind of you know run of the mill stuff of Starbucks and uh, pretzels and you know, uh, Victoria's Secret. And they got an FYE, which is uh, for those who don't <laughs> know the chain, it's uh, for your entertainment. Um, it's just, a, you know, uh, they got uh, some books, some video games, uh, a whole bunch of DVDs and some, you know, um, T-shirts and stuff like that. But 
I was walking past and I stopped and looked and there's one table that's just got all this Doctor Who stuff on it and I was just uh, just amazed that, that you know um, the, the same thing happened at Books a Million which is just a you know regular you know box store book bookstore and they they too they had a little display area full of Doctor Who merchandise and I'm like this just doesn't happen it, it it's crazy it's good because you know now um, you can actually say Doctor Who without people going, pardon? Doctor what? Yeah. No, Doctor Who. You know, people, look at, people, people now I get people saying, oh, that show with the guy in the blue, you know, now they have at least some concept. So it's really good. It's fantastic. It is really wonderful to be, a, to have been a fan for decades. I mean, I think, uh, I don't really want to say how long I've been a fan because I'm, I'm actually like 25, right? Yeah. Everybody knows I'm not 25, but I've been a fan for literally multiple decades that that's as far as i'm willing to say but i just think that uh, it's wonderful to kind of have everybody kind of catch up to you um you know sort of all of a sudden like you say you don't have to say doctor who and people are like what everybody knows who doctor who is right. and if they don't then they're the ones who are a little unusual um so it's it's quite wonderful and the same thing with superheroes it, it's fantastic i just i love it all i'm very pleased yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it goes back to um, the Impossible Astronaut. Where I mean, we, we've had uh, stories set in America before, but they weren't never filmed in America. But with yeah. the, the Impossible Astronaut, and actually, you know, it, it was a big budget. And I mean, the, I mean, not everybody's hundred percent happy with with how Doctor Who goes. I mean, some people would like to, you know, to have cliffhangers back and things like that. But there's no doubt about it, the sheer scale of the Doctor Who stories are, are much more grandiose. And, uh, uh, I mean, The Impossible Astronaut was probably the first one of those. And, um, again, you, you said you haven't seen all the way up to the in, the name of the Doctor episode. By the way, uh, all I will say, and I know we've mentioned spoilers, <laughs> but this is so I don't spoil it for you. Uh, there are quite a lot of classic Who references in the name of the Doctor. So oh, yeah. you will enjoy it. Uh, I would think on on many levels, uh, certainly anybody who has even a passing knowledge of uh, uh, the earlier, the, what we now call the classic Doctor Who, will mm-hmm. will take even more from that. I mean, uh, I, for me, going back from the Impossible Astronaut, maybe yeah, the Impossible Astronaut, this one has been uh, to me the best series ender ever, um, wow. and and we won't. We, we we won't spoil that episode for you, but uh, the only the only thing I would say is there's so much in it. Uh, don't make your judgment on one viewing. Watch it two or three times. Uh, will do. And actually, you can you can talk about it because I've read all the scripts, so I I already know. <laughs> I haven't watched it in action, but I well, I have well, read well it all. there's an awful lot of um, audio clues in it as well with I with see. voices, passwords, and apparently one of our uh, uh, members, yeah. Darth Skeptical, said that you really need to listen to it in surround sound if you have a surround sound oh, system. Oh, oh, will do. Thank you. I love that. Yeah, I I, ha- I think I always listen in surround sound, but it's because it, that is pretty awesome. <laughs> well, well, for instance, again, we're, we're again we're not, uh, being a little bit cagey. The actual uh, <laughs> the actual villains in it, the these creatures that whisper, apparently they they sound very much more frightening and ominous on the surround sound right. uh, audio tracks. Yeah, I can I can see how that that could be the case. 
I do love how they started to bring back, um, you know, I think weren't weren't the Daleks like the very first sort of monster in the original Doctor Who? Yeah, they appeared in the second episode. Yeah, it's an, it's amazing. I love how they're sort of bringing these things back. Uh, um, sorry, not the second episode because we had the uh, was, the caves of the, the caves one, the, uh, the 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 ones where they went back into the past. But they, they were the very first monster. Yeah. It's just remarkable. I was watching this wonderful Doctor Who documentary on BBC recently, and they were talking about all these different aspects, and then they would go ahead and show like an old episode, and I just went crazy. It was oh, on doc- all day. The Doctor's Revisited? Yes. Did you see that too? It was amazing. Yeah. They've, they've actually, um, each oh. month they do um, another Doctor, and then, of course, they've been playing them, replaying them throughout, you know, um, up to the fourth, aren't they? Yeah. I think they've done the fourth. They're coming up with a fifth, um, which is going to be, uh, which is Peter Davidson, and they're going to do Earthshock. Um, oh is, my is the gosh. episode they're going to do. So, um, so one of the amazing. <laughs> yeah, and we're 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 shattering. Apart from doing the commentaries, apart from our actual studio shows where people come in, we're doing the commentaries on. In fact, that, that was what Ian was editing before we started chatting earlier today. And then we're going back to the Doctors Revisited, and those are all up on Zaban.com. Yep. Well, maybe we should uh, invite uh, Rebecca along one time to, to, Ooh, to participate in the commentary. Yeah. Maybe maybe yeah, a Tom Berriman episode. <laughs> oh, now stop it. Don't get me excited. <laughs> it's me you should yeah. be worried about. <laughs> You know what I really liked? I think it was episode 12 in the, um, I think it was in the first part, The Nightmare in Silver, because I know you know the title. So, mm-hmm. oh no, this just aired actually in May. Mm. I liked it because Neil Gaiman um, was, was wrote, wrote the episode, which is, you know, Neil Gaiman, my right. gosh, yeah. what amazing writer. So I, I just thought that was so terrific because um, you could it, really see it in the script. Right. His other episode was better. Yeah. See, you well, see well, the thing is that you, you might have any advantage with with having the script. Now, is this uh, the script that you get to see? Is it uh, the, the finished? Script? Is it the film finished filming script, like how it actually goes out, or is there? A, uh, no, when you were... it's the it's the script, the original script, and oh. then uh, you know they when they make those changes, they make those changes. But see, I get to see it. Right. You 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 probably get a lot of jealous people out there because. Uh, Oh, oh. <laughs> I think some comp- I think some compromises had to be made on that. Uh, things that Neil wanted to happen um, exactly. did, didn't quite get to happen the way you know he wanted uh, basically the assignment to be silent. He didn't want he didn't want to be able to creep up on people like they used to be able yeah. to um, instead of stomping instead of stomping around. So uh, uh, so yeah, there were compromises that had to be made with this one uh, last time. I think they kind of. They really wanted Neil in, and you know he had the story that he wanted to tell, and they kind of let him do it. Um, they had to tone things down, of course, for budgetary reasons, but I think a lot more compromises were made on on this one. And uh, uh, unfortunately, the, the Colton Collective were quite um, well. It wasn't that it was a bad episode; it was the fact that expectations were right. so high with it being Neil Gaiman. And uh, well, my my thoughts on it were that um, they'd ring fence so much money for the final, which had to be you know blockbuster and was fantastic, absolutely brilliant. The final, although Ian didn't particularly like it for one or two particular reasons, which although I'd I'd like him to mention, there might be too spoilery to mention here. 
but um, the Nightmare itself was, it felt as though it was, you know, it was a pressured episode prior yeah. to coming to the final. Maybe the one that got the most cuts. So, uh, and, and because I do a bit of the audio clips for it, the the actual the actual script I think was brilliant. I just don't think it was necessarily realised to its full potential. See, uh, that's what I feel too. Yes, I agree with you because that's the way it works, actually, right? You can write a terrific script, but it doesn't always play out on screen the way you know you've written it. It really depends now on actors and, frankly, the director, the cinematographer. These people have to make it as great as it is, um, and that doesn't always happen um, for a lot of reasons, like you said, budgetary reasons, and um, you know, basically time trying to get everything in. Uh, so it's always interesting with movie scripts. Uh, a movie script is about 90 pages on average. Um, and if it's adapted from, say, a book, uh, which is obviously more than 90 pages, it, it's like the Harry Potter films, for example. It's just it's just crazy to see how so much of that story of that script is told through sound and through visuals. And so um, when you're writing, of course, you're writing it out. Uh, so it's it's a whole different thing um, to translate that. Sometimes it does get lost in translation. So that's too bad. I wonder how you're, how do, how does the cult, how does the collective, what do they think about, uh, say, the Toby Whithouse episode, which was a town called Mercy, uh, called Mercy, rather. I'm just curious, because he does the being human. Uh, right. Well, well, there were some references back to, to, to both uh, that episode, in the, in the way we've had a couple of episodes where the villain, in effect, is a mirror of the Doctor. Right. In, in as much as um, the 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 doctor is the person that has that in his name bad deeds have been done, uh, and one of the things that's mentioned in the Neil Gaiman script, just jumping slightly, is mm-hmm. the the fact that um, the Great Intelligence says that um, you know the doctor is going darker and the doctor has blood on his hands and so on, and uh, you know his Victorian friends can't see that, but we. Uh, Hopefully, as an audience, can see that um, the the Doctor has it in in the past. Even with going back to the tenth Doctor, we've had these situations where, you know, uh, people have done things in the Doctor's name. You know, all the way back to uh, I don't know, Midnight uh, and, and other episodes where uh, they fought the Doctor's fight for him. So. Um, yeah, there's there's a few stories recently that have they've harked back. I mean. My, my my main problem oh. with the town called Mercy was um, they completely underused Ben Browder. Ah, yeah. Ah, there you go. I love Ben Browder. Right. I, I'm a huge, huge Firescape fan. Ah, Just love. Yes, ben you know, I yeah that that was a that's another show I wish that uh, was still on the air. And and I have met Gigi Edgley. I have to. Oh, have to really? bring that up. Yes. Oh, look at you go. I and like she, it. She's <laughs> lovely. I, I bought her coffee too. I went to Starbucks and bought her a coffee. I still what? Did you really? Yeah, yeah. Oh if she ever goodness. comes if she ever comes to Orlando, I've actually it'll be it, it sounds really, really stalkerish, but I've still got this little paper that, with her coffee order on it. Um I yeah, held on to it. Well <laughs> I was thinking how, how how funny it would be to just to just you know, if she's standing sitting there signing, I just walk up and say, Here's your coffee. <laughs> How do you know how I like my coffee? <laughs> like, oh, hey, t- tell Rebecca the charisma carpenter story. In 
what? There's a charisma carpenter story? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What was for me? Go on, Ian. <laughs> um, I embarrassed myself at, uh, <laughs> at Megacon in, uh, in Orlando. Was it last year? Something um, like that. Yesterday yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, uh, by going up and, and, and just saying, you know, hello uh, on behalf of Dave, because he thinks you're absolutely lovely. <laughs> He watches ah. everything you're in, and uh, here's where you can send the uh, the uh, the arrest warrant. For <laughs> hey, hey, you're ruining it. Come on, tell it nicely. <laughs> you said you know somebody in the UK who's her biggest fan. Go yeah. on, tell it properly. I can't remember it now. Well, I can. Worth you know, worth. I know you can. Why am I so? So he said to Chris McCarpy, I've got a friend in the, uh, in the UK who's your biggest fan. He's called Dave. And he wanted me to uh, say hello to you and tell you how much of a fan he is. And Chris McCarpy was like, well, say hi to Dave from me. Uh, thank you very much indeed. So when you're talking to Chris McCarpy, uh, no, she won't know Dave from the UK. Hello, but... Dave. And the UK says, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I have a similar story about this, uh, not with Charisma, but with Eliza Dushku, because oh, of yeah, course she well. had interviewed, I think it was before, it was right before the New Orleans, I think, Dave, yeah. in the fall, and um, and I was with her, I was with her in Austin, and I was with her again in New Orleans, and um, and of course we had done our thing, and you had told me how much you liked her, you ooh. made a little ooh sound. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> so, uh, she, true calling, I love that. Yeah, she she was great as true. And and I had talked to her before the show and I told her about how, you know, you and I had done this wonderful interview. Um, I told her about Cultum Collective and um, essentially, you know, that we were talking about her for the upcoming show and that you really were a big fan. And she was like, oh, my God, tell him I said thank you so much. Uh, we're going to have to give you we're going to we just recently, <laughs> we recently just got t-shirts made we're going to have to send you like a stack of t-shirts so whenever you bring yeah. us up you can say here's you a t-shirt should. you should <laughs> i will i will give out your t-shirts yes i will <laughs> that'd be cool I, yeah because I'm, I'm i've got this is the first time we've ever done any kind of promotional materials for anything there was one way back when we were cia where i made up a poster um dave made up a tagline actually which is funny because uh, the show used to be called, it was done by uh, another podcaster and Dave and I helped out and it was just called CIA. And so we needed CIA to stand for something, you know, to, to, to mean something rather than Celestial <laughs> Intervention Agency. And uh, so Dave came up with Cultum in audio. Um, oh, so wow. Dave, uh, I think Dave Rebecca's kind of figured out, she's figured out I'm the brains of the group. Yeah. She's well, I keep telling people that. I said, I'm, I'm just the looker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do love the, the idea of cultdom. You know that that's one of the things that uh, I'm I'm on a um, international or global global initiative research committee on fandom actually, and I think cultdom is even more appropriate because it's more like a cult in a way, isn't it? It's, well, I mean, that's where the word culture comes from, cult, and uh, it's quite amazing. And the thing I, I like, love that it's brilliant. The thing I liked about the fact that when Dave came up with that is. Uh, because when people say fandom, they tend to think more along science fiction because, you know, that's where most of the fan groups are. I mean, a lot of the uh, – you can be a fan of something, but, you know, you can be a fan of tennis. You can be a fan of, you know, just about anything. But cultdom, to me, encapsulates uh, anything that's got a cult following where you've got a, a group of people who uh, either meet to, to watch something or talk about something or just enjoy something. 
and so it can it can cover comedy, um, can cover you know uh, um, the written word, uh, movies, <laughs> TV, yeah. uh, video games, um, audio. Uh, it it, it kind of you know, and and so with Dave coming up with that, you know, I mean, genius. I thought it was. It was. It's brilliant. It's, it's a freebie. Brilliant. That's the only one you get tonight, Dave. Yeah, let's let's end there quick while while I'm on the high. You see that 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 one that, that one will show up in in Friday Night Trivia now. <laughs> You'll be hunting for that later. Um, uh, but yeah, so we didn't we didn't really we haven't really promoted the show except for the wonderful artwork that my um, my cousin in Ireland did for the the show, and so finally wow. we started putting it on T-shirts. So yeah, we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to get us some T-shirts. We well, should. Let, let, I will definitely uh, promote your show. Yeah, it's a great show. If, if you could, if you could videotape John Barrowman taking his one off and putting our one on, that'd be really, <laughs> really cool. Yeah, yeah, you're asking too much. And just have a pause. I'll, I'll, I'll send a really small one so he can't get it all the way on. <laughs> you know, you know, John Barrowman doesn't like undressing in public. Oh no, oh, no, he's, he's very modest. <laughs> Uh, let's let's focus on our guest uh, now. Obviously, we're going to try and get this uh, interview up as soon as uh, possible, definitely before your next appearance, as we said at Philly. Uh, do you want to just mention a couple of dates moving forward from that? Um, I believe you're going to uh, is it NYC uh, baseball uh, basketball city in yes. June and yes. in Chicago in August. Is that right? Yes. Um, uh, the New York Experience is a very small show, actually, because it's our first time in New York. Even though the New York Comic Con is very large, it's, we're not a part of that. Uh, that's an independent Comic Con, and we're sort of just dipping our toe in the water. And so there's going to be great guests there, including Patrick Stewart and, of course, <gasps> Dennis O'Hare from True Blood. Oh, yes, Patrick Stewart will be there. Anthony Michael Hall will be there. Um, of course, Henry Winkler will be there. I think I'll be working with those three gentlemen. Uh, so I'm very excited about it. Terrific, terrific uh, comic book artists and writers. Basically, everybody who's in the New York City area will all be there. And it's very exciting. Um, and that is at Pier 36, which is Basketball City. That's what it's referred to now. Um, and some of it's going to be outside, which should be really nice because it will be June. It'll be beautiful weather. Um, and that is happening June 28th. Uh, June 29th and June 30th. And then the Chicago Comic-Con is actually our second. It's I think it's, along with Philly, is the largest comic convention. Upwards of, I think it's over 30,000 people who will be there over the course of those four days. It could be even more than that. I think it may be 50,000. I have to uh, go back and look at numbers. But it is going to be an amazing show with terrific guests. And that is going to be August 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th. And that's at the, the the Donald E. Stevenson Convention Center. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And then, of course, as we go on to the year, we're, we're in Columbus, Ohio every year. That's a long-standing comic convention. It's been going on for 30 years. That's in ba September. Yeah, Baltimore between Chicago and Columbus. Yeah, Baltimore is actually not uh, Wizard oh. World. Yes, you're right. Oh. Uh, they, are the, they are after Labor Day, and that's the second weekend, I think, of September. And then we're in Nashville in October, which I can't wait. I think that's the 18th, 19th, and 20th. I'm really excited about Nashville. That's a new city for us. And then Austin, we end the year in Austin, 
at the end of November. I think that's also the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. So. Which is the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, of course, the 23rd. Exactly. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I'm, I, can't, I, I can't tell you how excited I am for that. <laughs> it is going to be amazing. I'm so having John Barrowman come to Philly is like such a coup. <laughs> Right, let me just get, give out a couple of uh, URLs here. There's uh, www.wizardworld.com forward slash uh, Rebecca Housel HTML. So you can find out uh, about there. Of course, you have your own website. Um, uh, that's um, www.rebeccahousel, that's all one word, dot com, where you also have a link to your blog and people can see information about your books and uh, your curriculum vitae and some samples of writing, lots more there. And uh, you also have, is it a Facebook page as well? Yep, Facebook and Twitter. I'm at Doc Housel uh, on Twitter, hashtag pop culture professor. And I'm on Facebook as well, Dr. Rebecca Housel. So, you know, I, I love to hear from fans. I think it's awesome. And, and I will take questions to, to the celebrities. If anybody would like to send me them on Twitter or, you know, post on Facebook, I I will absolutely do that for you. And I and I write about it. I write a promotional piece after each um, Q&A that I do. And for John Barrowman, there's no question that's happening. <laughs> so I will be I will report back to you basically yes. through through my promotional piece and we'll let you know uh, what's happening. And I, I post that link on Google Plus on you know, of course, Twitter and Facebook and my website. So, um, you know, certainly let me know. I'm very happy to uh, be in touch. Okay. And one last final one from me is the uh, the the one that you're coming up to now at the end of May. It's www.wizardworld.com forward slash Philadelphia dot HTML. Thank you. Yes. Perfect. I'm so excited for that show. Oh, my God. It's going to rock. <laughs> <laughs> so Ian do you want to close us out and thank our young lady friend here certainly um, thank you all for joining us uh, with uh, of course Dr. Rebecca Housel um, we hope you've enjoyed the uh, the interview well, actually no it's not really an interview it's a discussion it's it's, it's a chat it's a chat we like to, we like to talk, chat to Rebecca and uh, we hope you guys have enjoyed listening to it um, I think we might be able to coax her back very soon but uh, i'd like to thank you rebecca for for um being so generous with your time tonight and uh and uh, putting up with dave he's a handful <laughs> i know there's not much we can do about that <laughs> well i think you're both wonderful and i want to thank you both as well as your audience for listening and having me on again i i would love to come back of course i think you're wonderful and i love your show and of course, Doctor Who is my is one of my all time favorites. And you should look because I will be coming up with a book in the next uh, year or so about Doctor Who. Excellent. It, it it may line up with the 50th anniversary. I'm just saying. Mm. That would be brilliant. <laughs> and I can see some. I could see a guest appearance for our 50th uh, for the for the 50th anniversary uh, commentary. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Well, uh, thank you again for for joining us, and thank you everybody for listening. Um, until next time, it's goodbye from Mr. Dave AC who's going to take a cold shower very soon. And it's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Of, of some of the fingers, uh, fingers, some of the things that you... <laughs> <laughs> That'll get edited out. <laughs> <laughs>
some of the things that you think it will. (laughs) Yeah, 